0: If you would, turn your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. We'll begin reading in verse 6. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. These things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do. And the God of peace shall be with you. It's good to see everyone out this morning. as You know, as it, it has been the case, we're not very many here But we're thankful that you are here, and when we are gathered in God's name, we know that He's with us, and we trust that uh, He's in our midst today. And so it is a blessing and a privilege to be able to worship God. And although others may not be able to be here, we realize that uh, hopefully in spirit they are with us and uh, worshiping God uh, in their respectful places. John chapter 16 and verse 13, the Bible tells us, These things have I spoken unto you, that ye might have peace in the world. Ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. In Job chapter 14 and verse 1, Job said, Man that is born of woman is a few days and full of troubles. The world that we live in has many problems, as we can see. We're not isolated from the troubles that the world faces. On a normal day, And I do want to put that in quotes, on a normal day in our society, we see violence, we see crime, we see war, we see sickness, we see alcohol, we see drugs, we see broken homes, we see all kinds of things, and that is on a normal day, so to speak. But I think that we all realize that we're not living at a normal time, that there are many other problems that we are facing in our society today. And some of those things cause great anxiety in our lives if we allow them to do so. We do see sickness and death, and we see that taking place. And uh, if you turn on the TV, you can't miss it because they're talking about it constantly and all the time. We are reminded, though, that that even through this pandemic, we know that God is with us. And it's hard not to be negative in these situations because we are constantly, as I said, bombarded. You can turn off the news, but notice if you watch other programs, there's commercials that remind you of what's taking place. Everywhere you turn, there's signs and billboards, and there's signs when you go into the store, warnings of what's taking place. Even when you come into the building, we have signs to warn us of things that will and are taking place. And so it's easy to be negative, to start to have a kind of a negative attitude about our world. But God doesn't want us to be negative people. God wants us to be positive. He wants us to be uplifting. In fact, in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 1, Paul says, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. We have tremendous blessings by being in Christ Jesus, and we are thankful for those things. And it should bring joy to our heart that even if the worst were to happen, we realize that as we've talked about, we're not by ourselves. As we read in Psalms chapter four or Philippians chapter four and verse eight, where he tells us, "Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, and honest, and just, and whatsoever things are pure, and whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report." If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. So in other words, what's he telling us? Sometimes we need to push those negative thoughts out. We need to get those things out of our minds and concentrate on the good things that God has done for us. I had all those verses on the screen, but I haven't been pushing my button. (laughs) So the question is, how can we stay positive in a negative world? Two weeks ago, I pointed out that we're not alone. That we're never alone. God promised that He would be with us. Jesus has promised that He would never forsake us. And so that's a blessing that we have. To know that whatever circumstances we live through, whatever the problem may be, we can realize that God is with us. And it kind of reminds me of that poem about the footprints in the sand. That sometimes we don't see God or recognize that God is with us. But as we look back over the situation, once we're on the other side of it, we can see that God did help us. And that many times He carried us through. And so that's a blessing to know that we have a God that is there with us no matter what to sustain us. And we know that He loved us and we see that He loves us even in difficult situations. His love is demonstrated in the creation. I don't know about you, but when I got up this morning and I went outside, I heard the birds singing. And that was very uplifting to hear the birds singing. And then as we drove on our way, we saw deer in the field and a flock of turkeys. All of those things remind us of the goodness of God's creation. That He put it out there for our good, for our enjoyment. And we can see sunsets and sunrises and we can see all kinds of things in God's creation that prove that God is great and that God is is strong and that He is the Creator of this universe and that He is there for us. We also see revealed in the Bible that He loves us. And the Bible tells us that repeatedly. And not only does it state it that He loves us, but we can see it demonstrated in the examples in dealing with other people and dealing with uh, problems that others had to face. And so we know that God was with us and is with us. We also know that the Bible teaches us and shows us clearly that God loves us when He demonstrated His love by offering His Son on the cross for our sins. So that you and I could have hope of eternal life. And so that we don't have to fear death so that we don't have to be afraid of what man may do to us, we realize that God is with us. And the devil is going to be defeated in the end. That we will be victorious if we're faithful to our Lord. And so those are blessings that we receive. And then last Sunday, <clears throat> I pointed out that we are te- if we're teamed up with God, that is you, me, and God... We're like that threefold cord that is not easily broken, which is spoken about in Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 12. Brethren, we need each other. I don't know about you, but I miss my brethren. I miss my brothers and sisters in Christ. I wish that we could all assemble together. It would be great for that to be able to happen. But we realize the situation that we're in. And I hope that we're together in spirit. And I hope that we are praying for each other daily. I know I try at least once a day to uh, to visually picture everyone that's here. And as I pray, I go through the pews. It's a good thing we all have our assigned seats. But I go through the pews and I mention everyone by name. Why? Because I think that it's important to lift each other's name up before God. And I would encourage you to do that, to show you're, you're at least thinking of each other. And so how can we stay positive in a negative world? We need to realize that there are psycho- psychological dangers of constant negative input. There are physical dangers of constant negative input. You might remember back to 9-11. When the planes hit the World Trade Center and the Pentagon and ended up crashing in a field in Pennsylvania, they stopped playing those things over and over and over. And they did that relatively quick. Why? Because they knew the negative impact that it would have on people's ability to be positive. They haven't slowed down on this pandemic. They're going on and on and on. It's constant. People are going to be affected by these things. Not only while it's happening, but I don't think that it's going to go away instantly. And so we need to be the people that is that light that goes out into the world. We need to reprogram our thinking. As I said, you can turn off the TV, but you're still reminded of it. You can turn off the radio, but you're still reminded of it. I'm reminded every day. I see people walking down my road that I've never seen walk down my road before. I've had people that wave to me that have never waved before. And so we're reminded of what's taken place. And so we need to reprogram our thinking. Think on those things that are true and honest, just, pure, lovely, and of a good report. So how can we do that? Well, for one, I would encourage everyone to read and study their Bible. God's Word is there for a reason. If you turn your Bible over to Psalms chapter 1, I think there you can see a beautiful picture that is painted to how God's Word can help us, how His law can help us. In that Psalm, it says... But what it's telling us here is a person that takes his delight in the law of God, in the Word of God, guess what? We're like that tree that is still uh, 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 green. It is still growing when everything else around it is dying. And so God's Word helps us to get through these negative times. It helps us to be positive. It helps to remind us of all the blessings that you and I have. It tells us what we need to do in order to be saved and in studying it. And that's one of the reasons why with all the time that we have now, study God's Word. Because I hear people say sometimes, I don't know what to say to people when, when they ask me, what, what do I need to do to be saved? Well, now's the perfect time to learn. Now's the perfect time to memorize verses. Now's the perfect time to study uh, subjects that maybe you questioned or had difficulties with before. Now's the time to open God's Word and study it. Don't just read it. It's easy to read, but we need to dig into it and come to an understanding of what it is trying to tell us. There's a reason for that Scripture that God has given to us. So now is a great time to take the time to spend with God in His Word. Open your heart to receive what He says in His Word. Number two, count your blessings. When you get up every morning, That's one blessing that you have. You've gotten up that morning. And sometimes we don't always appreciate that until those things are taken away from us. But we are blessed to be able to get up and to serve God. Count your blessings. Look at your family, how well they are blessed. And if they're healthy, that's great. Another blessing that you have. Take account of your friends. Take account of what God has done for you. Take the time to sit down and list those blessings do you do that I appreciated that song being sung he didn't know what I was talking about this morning but it goes right along with the sermon count your blessings name them one by one you know think about that sometimes we we get very specific with God when we pray and we ask for what we want but when we say thank you we say thank you for everything You've blessed us so good thank you count those blessings Count the benefits that God has given us. Be thankful and tell God how thankful you are. And it wouldn't hurt to tell each other how thankful you are for them. Count your blessings. Start every day counting your blessings. See the good things that God has blessed you with. Number three, trust God. I say this over and over, and I've been saying it for years. We need to trust God. A lot of times people say, Well, I trust God, but their actions show us they really don't trust God. We trust God. We must trust God. God has promised us salvation. We trust Him with our soul. We need to trust Him with our life. We need to believe that God will answer our prayers, and we need to pray in accordance to His will. Realizing that we need to ask for things, but the answer is not always going to be what we would like for it to be. And perhaps God knows better than we do why He's given us the answer that He's given. And so be thankful that we can talk to God and be thankful that He cares enough for us that He's willing to listen to us. You you think of all the prayers that He's hearing. I would imagine... Actually, I've seen a, a statistic... very recently that was done. During this pandemic, it listed off different categories of people that were praying. And 6% of atheists admitted that during this pandemic they were praying to God. I thought that was kind of interesting. But how many of us are trusting God to help us in this situation? God is going to be there. God, we need to trust Him. When we talk about our belief in Him, we need to trust Him. We need to really put our trust and faith in Him and realize that God will do what He's promised us that He will do. Number four, we need to recognize the best in others. I talk about being negative and I talk about being pinned up in our houses. Not being able to come and go as we have been before, previous to this occasion. It's easy for us to start becoming negative with each other. It's easy to look at someone else and find all of their flaws. I know. I live with Ben and I live with my wife. And they live with me. (laughs) It's easy sometimes to do those things. But I want to encourage us to look for the good. Look for the good in the people that are close to you. Because guess what? They are a blessing from God. And we can't really count our blessings and say, yeah, I'm thankful for so-and-so, and and then turn around and say, look, so-and-so is just the... Look what they do They're the most negative people I've met. And so we need to be positive. We need to look for the good in our brothers and sisters in Christ. We need to look for the good in each other. And yeah, I think that we even need to look for the good in our government. Uh, Sometimes it's very easy to be critical of them. Sometimes or it appears sometimes that people haven't given up their political party. We need to realize they're doing the best they can. And so we need to be praying for them. But some people, as the Bible tells us, you know, we need to be think- thankful or be thinking of pure and honest and just and true things, and so forth, so on, and so forth. In Philippians chapter four and verse eight, there are some of our brethren that are true, honest, and just. Maybe they haven't perfected all the other things, but we can look at them and we can see how honest and true they are, and how just they are. There are some that are well reported of of their friends. That people will say good things about them that they're a, a good Christian or that they're a good person. They're a godly example at the workplace or wherever they may be. And then there are some that, are, that can do some wonderful things. And we need to be thankful for all the things that they can do. Because everybody doesn't have the same abilities, the same talent, but we all can do something. To let our light shine in the communities that we are involved with. And the people that we are surrounded with And confined with in our homes. So look for the good in others. Make it your goal to be the kind of Christian that people thank God for. Paul, on different occasions, was thankful for people that he was involved with. In Philippians chapter 1 and verse 3. He says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Do you think the church at Philippi was perfect? Do you think that they had everything going just like it was supposed to, that everyone that he thought of in that congregation was living the perfect Christian life? I would doubt it. But what we learn from that passage of Scripture is that Paul made a choice made a choice to remember the positive things about them and it's very easy sometimes I, you know I'm a preacher and I stand at the door on most occasions and I could hear a hundred good wonderful things about what I preached but that one person that comes out with a negative comment I can play that over and over and over and over in my head. It's easier to concentrate on the negative. we need to concentrate on the positive. Strive to be what God wants us to be. We want God, when He looks at us, to be like it was with Job when He said Have you, to the devil, Have you considered My servant Job? Brother, really, I think that that's the greatest compliment that we could ever receive to know that God says, You are His servant. Let's strive to be what God wants us to be. Paul made a choice to remember those positive things about those at Philippi. Let's make it our decision and our choice to think on those positive things of our brethren, our brothers and sisters in Christ. And last, we need to reach out to the lost and hurting people. People are afraid, people are frightened, people are not ready to meet God. And therefore, they are afraid and they're hurting. And brethren, it may be a great opportunity for us to reach out to someone to let them know that you care about them. That doesn't mean you have to barge into their house and, and, and slobber all over them and hug them and kiss them and all that stuff. But you can let them know you care about them. Even if it's with a 10-foot pole, don't come any closer. You can still yell across the fence, how you doing? Is everything alright? If you need something, I'm more than happy to do it for you. Take the opportunity to let your light shine in the community. To help people that you know may have difficulties. That are unable to get out because of their health. Be with them. Encourage them. We have telephones. We have internet. We always use it for all these other things. We can use it for good. Use it for the things that it should be used for. Because people are afraid and they're hurting. And it may be a great opportunity for you to reach out to someone just to let them know that you care. You can do this in various ways. I would encourage you to be creative. I hear all these churches that are creative in what they're doing now and how they have Bible class and different things, be creative in how you help other people. We still have a responsibility to be out in the world helping people and letting our light shine. People are concerned about their souls. You can help them concerning that matter. You can show them what they need to do in order to be saved, you can tell them about how much you care about the lost by demonstrating that you care about them. Let them know that your their soul needs salvation just like your soul needed salvation, and be willing and able to share the gospel with them. As I said, if you don't know how to do that, now's the perfect time to learn. There's all kinds of things on the internet. And I I say stay with those that are members of the church and teaching those types of things. But they'll help you to learn so that you can share the Gospel with someone else. And I think all of us that have obeyed the Gospel know what we did in order to be saved. And brother, we need to be able to tell someone else what they need to do in order to be saved. Paul was always reaching out to the lost. He loved souls. And he longed for their salvation. He was concerned about his Jewish brethren that were lost. They needed to hear the Gospel. And we see his tenacious drive as he took the Gospel into his world. And he told others about the, the love of Christ. Psalms chapter 126 and verse 5, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bringing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. You know, sometimes when you go out and you plant a garden or you plant a field, in this particular time, they did it pretty much by hand. And they may have had tools to help, but they didn't have tractors and rototillers and things like we have. But even with tractors and rototillers and all the things that we have to plant a garden, it's still work. And it takes a lot of effort to toil that soil, to work it up, and to put that seed into the ground, and to cover it up, and make sure that it's watered and, watered and taken care of, and the weeds are pulled out of it. It takes a lot of work. And so we sow in tears. But at the end, when we can harvest whatever we've planted, it brings joy to us. It's good to go out and you see that plant to grow. And then when it reaches the point where it's producing so that you can uh, uh, harvest the, the, the fruit or the, the vegetable, it does bring joy. And sometimes we weep when we're out sharing the gospel with people because we realize that their soul's at stake. And it hurts to realize that they don't see the urgency. But I believe that during this period of time, there are people that will see the urgency. And hopefully you will have an opportunity to help someone in your life to be saved because of the Gospel that Jesus gave us. Our faith in Christ enables us to be positive in this negative world. As I mentioned, all the normal uh, negative things that take place, brethren, remember that Christ has given us what we need to share with other people. He doesn't expect us to keep it all to ourselves. You see all these, you see all these people, and we complain about them, you know, they've gone to the store and bought up all the toilet paper. But how many people have re- received the Gospel, but have hoarded it to themselves, because they refuse refused to share it with someone else. Think about it. Are you sharing the Gospel with others? Jesus came to this earth and He died on the cross so that you and I could have life, so that you and I could have it more abundantly, so that we could have the forgiveness of sin, so we could call God our Father, and so that we could have all the spiritual blessings that are found in Him. He did all of that for you and me because He loved us. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1-4 through tells us that the Gospel is the fact that Jesus died for our sins, that He was buried, and He came forth out of the grave on the third day. We read on in that chapter and we see that there were many witnesses that saw Him after He came forth out of that grave. And so it wasn't something that was hid. There was no smoke and mirrors, no tricks that were played. Jesus came forth out of the grave. And he did that for you and me. And he tells us to go into all the world and preach that gospel to all the world. Why? Because it's that gospel that has the power to save. The Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. So Paul wasn't ashamed of that gospel. We shouldn't be ashamed of it either. And we see that He proclaimed it to everyone that He came in contact with. And so, brethren, we need to take the Gospel to the world. And if you're here today and you're not a Christian, you need to be obedient to that Gospel. What does it mean to obey the Gospel? It means that you put yourself in the situation where you realize that you're lost because of sin. Sin has separated you from God. And the only way that we can get back in favor with God... It's to have our sins remitted and taken care of. And so Jesus said to preach the gospel to every, to every to every creature. And he that believeth, believes what? That gospel. The fact that Jesus died for their sins. And that he was buried and that he rose victorious over the grave. Believe that gospel. But then you also must be baptized. On the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, you realize that. That's what Peter said that you had to do also. When they cried out on that occasion, after Peter had preached to them and told them what they had done and how they crucified Christ, Peter said, or was preaching, and they interrupted his sermon and said, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter's answer was very simple Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. What for? For the remission of sin, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. And you want your sins taken care of? Then you need to repent. It means to turn away from those sins and stop doing it. And then be buried with our Lord in baptism to have your sins washed away. In Romans chapter 6, verses 1-6, through we see a beautiful picture of this painting. Although it's the crucifixion of Christ that's represented in baptism... It's still a beautiful picture because it shows us that what Jesus did for us, we are replicating in the life that we live when we die to sin, when we go down in that water, and we rise up a new creature. That's what baptism does for us. And so when people say baptism isn't necessary to salvation, tell that to Jesus because Jesus says it is. Tell that to Peter because Peter said that it is. And when Paul was Saul. He was told, Why tarriest thou and now arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord? You see, calling on the name of the Lord is calling on the Lord to do what He's promised to do when we do what He has asked us to do. And so you and I, when we obey that Gospel, we're calling on God to forgive us of our sins. To make us that new creature. And then He expects us as a Christian to live a faithful life to Him. And so this morning, if you're not a Christian, we would encourage you to become one. If you are a Christian and you're not living as you should, maybe it's the time you need to make yourself right. We're here to pray with you and be with you and help you in any way that we can. You have that opportunity while we stand and sing.